take 17. Te quiero, mis amigos. And because I love you, I brought on a phenomenal guest who's been on the show before, and I will continue to bring him on the show as long as he continues to be such a voracious learner and such a strong communicator. Because he's such a great communicator, this is a fun listen, um, and we dive into how to build a purpose-driven business, what it was like to, to raise over a million dollars in Kickstarter money, and how he's implementing those ideas around branding, marketing, storytelling to help other companies do the same. It's what we're going to start doing here at Circle Up. It's what you can start doing in your business. So if financial self-sufficiency, uh, being purpose-driven is some of thing of interest, check out the first third of the podcast. The last two-thirds is all about relationships, both if you're single and if you're in a committed relationship. On the, the first side, it is ex an extremely brutally honest and vulnerable conversation. We talk about lying to women. We talk about cheating on women and our partners and what we've learned from those experiences and why being honest with your intentions, both with yourself and with your partner, is the only way to honor women. And it's the only way to leave your partner better than you found them. Um, and so if, you know, if you're wondering... You know, can I really be upfront with my intentions in a relationship? Yes, you can. We talk about that on this podcast. I highly recommend you check it out. Um, and we also talk about our guest's current relationship. And I'm a huge fan of his girlfriend, Karina, um, and them as a couple. They inspire me. I aspire towards finding something like what they have. And so if you are interested in finding out what a successful thriving committed relationship looks like sounds like what it should feel like how to know if you're in one how to create it and cultivate it then i highly recommend you listen to the whole show i'm excited to bring this to you like i said we were brutally honest on this episode um, we get into some controversial ideas like i've never have before and so um you know i've just got big heart for our guest really appreciate you my friend mr johnny low to go if you are yeah i'm ready johnny low welcome to the circle up podcast i had a friend uh, reach out to me and say you're gonna do another podcast with johnny you've already done multiple podcasts and i said to him if all goes according to plan i'll have 50 podcasts with johnny by the time we're in our 50s so i'm looking forward to many many more of these 50s that's a long time man i was expecting like in like next year just Buddy, put me in for every single week. The <laughs> John, week Johnny Squared, the John Squared <laughs> show. That's not bad, man. Ian and I are thinking about some segments we could do. We we want to call actually, you know, this will be the the calling into existence of Ian and I's show together. We're gonna call it Half Baked Amigos because we want. <laughs> is that to what I think it is? <laughs> it's a double entendre on half baked because we want to share half baked ideas things that we haven't fully necessarily thought through and just have conversation and float around and see how we can organize our thoughts around it and uh we want to you know have a vehicle to you know start nice. doing some joe, joe rogan style podcast it's <laughs> the way the world's going We're elon musk that. might do that too he might join your show one day i think i would love to have elon so if anyone's goal. listening has got that that hookup i don't know how much i can help tesla stock <laughs> but uh, maybe one day man 
So yeah. appreciate, appreciate you being here. For those that do not know Johnny Lowell, I'll just give a, a brief description. We met through a mutual friend, uh, Dean Nguyen, who is on my men's team and I respect and admire very much. And I'm grateful that he brought you into my life. We did a couple podcasts, like I said, one on business and travel. That was our first one. Uh, our second one, we talked a lot more about like habits, routines, disciplines. And for the people that are listening, wondering whether or not they should pay attention to this episode, the answer is yes. And here's why. Um, I look at you as one of the most self-sufficient men in my life, um, both financially, spiritually, emotionally, physically self-sufficient. And so I'm excited to dive into at least the first bit of our podcast, financial and spiritual self-sufficiency. So essentially right now I'm retired and it's because I spent the last six years making a ton of money and then basically saving and investing it. And now I don't have to work um, when I got laid off from my job. So I was just like, okay, we can, we can have fun and, and work on my purpose, which is things like circle up podcasts. So I want to talk about how you've used business to help you to be able to spend more time on your purpose. And so let's just, let's just kick this off with a check-in and we'll do name weekend sponsor where you're checking in at from one to 10. And the check-in question is, what does this quote mean to you? And I will tell you the quote right before you do it. So it's fresh in your mind. Okay. Um, I'm going to do it as well. So name Andrews uh, weekend, May, 2018 sponsor is Sobel checking in at a 10. And the oh. question is, what does this quote mean to you? And the quote is be the man that your woman would cheat on you with? And what does that mean to you? And to me, it means essentially that you wanna, you wanna be dangerous. <laughs> dangerous. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's, yeah, it's about, it's about sweet talking and, and not, not stopping to pursue. It's all of the reasons why she fell in love with you was because you were there to compliment her, to tell her how much you appreciate her, to give her that love. And then, I don't know, I just, I find that in my men's team, um, as soon as a man ends up locking it down, that pursuit seems to stop. And so treat, uh, be the man that your woman would cheat on you with is the thought. And I would love to know what Johnny Lowe thinks about that. Ooh. I hope my girlfriend doesn't cheat on me with you. Although it's a great option. <laughs> Not going to lie. It's a great option, but still. <laughs> no, I, you know, we'll uh, save that for another show. Check-in is uh, low. Name is low. Last name. Wait, are we doing first names or last names here? Last name, baby. Okay. Last name is low. Lower than low. Mm. Uh, did my weekend November 2014. I'm an oldie. Uh, when I was 20... When was that? 2014? That's 27. I did it when I was 27. Uh, good time. And sponsors none other than the Nikki Baloo. Jeez. The master of enrollment. Yeah. And uh, checking in, yeah, at a solid 10. Can't be the only 10 in the room, John. Uh, nice. And what is the question? Be the man your, your woman would cheat on would you cheat with. Would cheat on you with. What do you think about that? It's you know, if, if I was trying to steal someone else's woman, <laughs> it would be like, how can I one up that guy? 
So in, if it was myself that I'm trying to get her to cheat on with, it's like, how can I one-up myself? Keep myself guessing, oh shit, that fucker, how is he gonna, that fucker Johnny trying to steal my girl, what is he doing? <laughs> what is he doing to her? Mr. Steal Girl. <laughs> so yeah, it's kind of like the, un- it's like, I don't know what's coming. Oh man, he's, he keeps outdoing me. I gotta, so like, how can I outdo myself in a way that I wouldn't even expect it? Because, you know, my girl's been with me for now almost two and a half years. So anything that I know I would do, she knew I would do. So it's the idea of being unexpected, unpredictable, always trying to innovate and being one step ahead. Watch out for Mr. Low, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) I'm scared of myself. Yeah, dude. Yo, watch out, bro. Johnny (laughs) 2.0 coming to steal your girl. Yeah, Zoo's song came for the low popped in my head when you said uh, uh just like the low okay um you mentioned karina that's also something i want to talk about is is committed relationships casual relationships but let's start with the financial self-sufficiency um and that spiritual self-sufficiency piece you mentioned and you've run uh, multiple successful companies you've raised over a million dollars with kickstarter campaigns and that's kind of led you to your current business which is a consulting company helping other products launch through Kickstarter and access capital so they can grow their businesses. Can you tell me a little bit about the reason why you decided to start um, Playground Theory? Yeah, so at the core of it, uh, always is uh, some type of higher purpose, everything we do, business or, or personal. And the core higher life purpose that we're trying to serve with Playground Theory is helping people launch purpose driven businesses. And what that means, it's not just I'm trying to launch a drop shipping company that is going to just make a shitload of cash. And then I'm going to spend that money on partying and booze and whatever it is your heart desires. A higher business, a higher purpose business is something that serves um, other people other than you. Anything that's higher purpose means it, it creates value outside of yourself for other people. And that can be anything as small as your family, you know, charity, your local community, giving back to you know helping to plant trees or helping to feed the hungry it doesn't have to be as pie in the sky as that but the idea is that the higher purpose is more than just serving your own you know your own needs i feel like a lot of people sound like say that that sounds great johnny but i have to pay the bills and i have rent and i have car insurance and i've got car payments and so I need to make money first and foremost. You've had experience building businesses in the past and you've made money. How come you've decided now to transition to a business more focused on your purpose rather than, like you said, just making a boatload of money? Yeah. So, I mean, to address the first point, yeah, everyone's going to make money, right? Money is the currency in the economy that we live in. And unless you can be self-sufficient in your own finances, it's really hard to serve other people, right? Unless you have a cup that's full. If you're serving from a cup that's empty or half full, you're always going to be stressed out and overwhelmed because you can't even live the life at a baseline level. So everyone's got to do that. There's nothing wrong with that. I live that life. I still do. Uh, But at the core of the business, we want to eventually be able to serve those companies or people that have reached that level where they can serve other people. They have the half, they have the full glass. They're overflowing with, you know, money or, or value that they want to give to other people. And so I would love to be able to work with people like that. That's my pie in the sky goal. But right now we're starting in Playground Theory with um, helping people to launch 
products or services on Kickstarter or just helping to launch brands in general because that's something that I love to personally do. It's a very creative endeavor being able to you know, brainstorm ways to uh, create stories that make people cry or make people really want to share a viral video. That's the stuff that really gets me excited. Um, Art with their money. Yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> really good at making people spend money or, or cry. So tell me a little, yeah. tell me a little bit about that. What is it about what you do at Playground Theory that makes people cry or makes people part with their money? What's so special about the work you do? So Playground Theory, as in essence, is, um, is a branding or marketing company. And a lot of people think it's a really fluffy way of saying marketing, like, oh, like, oh, okay, I can make a website, I can make a logo, I can make a video. But underlying all of those creative assets is emotion, because people buy emotion, right? Especially if you're an entrepreneur and you're selling, you know, like you, you're a speaker, right? People don't... Sometimes. <laughs> people don't want to, like, pay for you because... Uh, I don't know, you, you're a good speaker. I mean, that's part of it, but it's what you say and it's the meaning behind those words, right? You have a story that connects with people. And when people buy things, whether it's purely for pleasure, for business, or if it's actually you know, to, to, to give them more value in their lives, they buy because of a story that they connect with. So it's, it's like, you know, there are people who sell, there are people who sell phones and there are people like Apple, or sorry, Microsoft. And then there are people who sell lifestyles, which is Apple. Apple mm -hmm. selling like, you're different, you're cool, you're awesome, live your dreams. If I told you I'm gonna sell you the best phone with like a, you know, the, the coolest Intel chip and a and 50 megapixel camera. Yeah, does that really turn you on? Or Not does, me anyway. Or does attracting, you know, the, the hottest women and- <laughs> Through my eye, because of my iPhone. <laughs> Or because you live an amazing life and you're like yeah. an awesome, you know, an awesome person for who you are. Who are you Second, by? the latter for sure. So that's, that's what we try to, to create with Playground Theory. We try to create that emotional connection and help other entrepreneurs understand how to do that for themselves so that they're not just selling products. Okay, got it. And, you know, I think a great example, I was going to ask you about Circle Up and I think we could talk about that more one-on-one -on -one about how we can use some of the strategies used for circle up, but let's use one of the businesses that you've created in the past. You were creating crystal glasses for people to drink. I think it was crystal, but to drink coffee out of, how did you yeah. infuse emotion, uh, making people cry? You know, how did you infuse that into the branding and the messaging of Avensi? Yeah. So I wish it was crystal. That'd be like three times more valuable, but it's a special type of glass. Uh, but the idea is the features or the, or the cool gimmick of the glass is that it can help you make your coffee taste better. It's kind of like a wine glass. A wine glass actually is shaped a certain way, enhances different flavor notes. That's why you have a white wine glass, a red wine glass, a champagne yeah. fruit, Bordeaux glass, all that stuff. So we, we borrowed that research and history from wine and whiskey and put that into a coffee glass. So if we just said this, coffee makes, this glass makes your coffee taste better, it's really well designed. It's made from borosilicate glass. Like these are, these are what we call features, but mm -hmm. does that make you want to buy it? Right? To some people, it might, the geeks will understand what that means. Yeah. But the reason why we, we raised close to $300,000 in crowdfunding for that product, which is the most of any similar product, was because 
we dug into why people drink coffee. What is it that people like there's huge community in coffee around the world. Yeah. And there's people that are willing to pay not Starbucks, but a local craft coffee shop. They're willing to pay like $20 per kilo for coffee, right? Just the beans, not even a finished cup. God damn. And there's something like, it's not just because they're rich. Like there's people that are poor that buy $20 per kilo coffee. This is us by the way, us dollars. And we try, we dissected and reverse engineered what makes someone like that so compelled to spend so much money. And it comes down to the idea of adventure and also having, creating something that, that is completely yours. When you get into brewing coffee, it's all about some, creating something unique every single time, either because it's the beans or because of the way you brewed it. So how do you make that cup uniquely yours? Everyone has their own flavor profile, the way they taste coffee. So it's an adventure. Or it's an escape. It's escape from busy life. And coffee is that one meditative moment that sure. you have. Yeah, they can sit back at, with their, yeah. you know, their, their Instagram feed and just, and just smell their cup of joe in the morning and forget about yeah. the busyness of their email and day-to-day life. Exactly. So the underlying that, you know, the product is the story. And the story is what connects us with the emotion of why people love coffee. And once we figured that out, that created our, our narrative for how we sold the product. This coffee, this product is going to make you love coffee all over again. It's going to elevate your experience. It's going to make you discover new things that you already love or even didn't know about the drink that you have every day. Yeah, for people that love coffee, that sounds exciting, man. (laughs) Ironically, I was not a coffee drinker until uh, two years ago. (laughs) When I started developing a product, I'm like, oh, shit. People are really hardcore about coffee. I really need to start understanding what this is all about. And now I'm a pretty hardcore coffee drinker. Um, I, I sold myself. <laughs> That's how you ever good try. I am. You ever try French press? French press is decent, but it's it's definitely more uh, let's say consumer friendly. It's very simple, um, but you can still get a good cup of coffee out of French press. You gonna teach me a lesson right now about how I should be drinking my coffee, man? <laughs> start. Start with good beans. That's all you need, man. Work your way up to the $20 per kilo beans. <laughs> Start with good beans. Uh, and uh, I've, I've used rosemary in the past in brewing my coffee because Ooh. it's antiviral. And um, it also tastes delicious. So I don't try anything like that. Adding... flavor notes in your coffee. Got it. <laughs> it just mostly tastes like rosemary. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Only use a couple of sprigs, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I really appreciate that. I want to ask one more question about this as a result of all of the work you've done. What's the, the biggest lesson or takeaway you've gotten around marketing or storytelling or branding that our listeners can begin to apply to their businesses or their lives? Like as an example, um, I'm doing my best to build this organization around circle up and I want to tell better stories and I want to do better branding and I want to do better marketing. You know, what are some of the biggest lessons you've learned that we can start to apply into our businesses and our lives? The biggest lesson is also the biggest mistake. And as simply as I can put it, no one gives a shit about you when you're selling a product. A lot of people make it about them. It's like, Ooh, I have this new product. Look at this. I spent six months designing it. It has all these things. I, you know, I'm an engineer, blah, blah, blah. Like no one cares. No one cares about you. They care about themselves. So it's okay to share about your story and how you came up with your product or your, your new business idea, but how does it relate to the customers 
problems? How does it relate to the customer's aspirations? And there's something that we call an aspirational, aspirational identity and that people buy products because it aligns with something that they aspire to be. So I might buy a new Apple product, again, as an example, because yeah, I need a new phone. I need to make phone calls, sure, baseline. But what's the aspirational identity? It makes me feel great about myself. It makes me feel successful or accomplished. It makes me, uh, it gives me, you know, better street cred or helps me to pick up chicks, whatever that is. There's a higher yeah. aspiration besides the physical product itself. And how do you relate to that story in whatever you're trying to sell or offer? Okay, that makes sense. The lamp I'm using right now in my room is one of those Philips wake-up lights. Yeah. So it goes off at 6 a.m. and like slowly wakes me up in the morning. And I bought that because I was like, I need to wake up earlier. I want to be more disciplined. So the aspiration was if I buy this product, my life's going to be better. And that sounds like that's what you're saying. Exactly. And how did they, how did Philip sell the bulb, the bulb to you? I bought it on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would be curious to look at their marketing to see how they, what language they use. Yeah. I, it was, it, it, to me, it sounded like it was, uh, if I recall correctly, cause I bought it over a year ago, it was through an influencer. I was listening to Tim Ferriss. There you go. That's part of their marketing. This, is, this doesn't happen by accident. They have marketing teams that build entire campaigns around reaching out to influencers, creating that lifestyle play. Like, ooh, that influencer looks cool with his bulb in his room. I want, <laughs> sure. I want to be that person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I definitely, if I could, uh, I definitely aspire towards and he's a huge mentor in my eyes. And so if I can do some more things like Tim Ferriss, then I will try them on, see if they work. Yeah. Thanks for that. I appreciate it. So no one gives a shit about Jonathan Andrews. They care about themselves. And so how can we, how can we speak to the aspirations that they have for themselves and their lives and make them the focal point of our conversation, our stories? Exactly. Exactly. Cool. Hopefully some of the listeners got a takeaway there. I know I did. So I appreciate that. I would like to ask you a little bit about relationships because when we finished circle up, I made a challenge. I said, Hey y'all, what's the number one daily discipline that would change your life for the better. And I think the only one that really took that question to heart and took that question seriously was you. And it makes sense to me because when we did circle up that eight week program, that first one, uh, it was it was very much a pilot and experiment, but you were all in and you showed up with um, really your word in the matter. Every time you made a commitment, every time you said you were going to do something, you did exactly what you said you were going to do. And so when it ended, it didn't surprise me that you kept that that ball rolling. And you said, I'm going to make a one minute video every day for 90 days. And you did that. And now what are you at? Uh, 133, 134? 130, 140 today. 140. Yeah. Straight. Any signs of stopping? Uh, no, <laughs> I've thought about it. I'm like, man, this is, I feel like I'm, my audience doesn't care about what I have to say anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should switch things up, but I'll, I'll keep continuing until I find a better option. Well, I find it really valuable. You've spoken about 
casual fun relationships. You've spoken about your committed relationship. You've spoken about the challenges you're experiencing being in a long distance relationship. And recently you've talked about masculinity and femininity um, and how they're qualities and neither are good or bad or right or wrong or better or worse. And I've really enjoyed that perspective. We could talk about that uh, another time. And for those of you that are wondering what the hell we're talking about, just go follow Johnny Lowe on Instagram. You could follow his one minute wisdom. And it, and when I thought about, you know, having you on the show again, it was just cause you're such a voracious, curious learner that you're always reading and, and testing things out and trying new things. It, it makes sense to have you keep coming back on the show. Cause you've always got something fresh and a new perspective. And I do want to talk about relationships today because it's fundamental to who we are as men. I'd love to talk about um, your committed relationship today, but the first thing I want to talk about is just what is it about me and men that makes us want to rush into being in a, in a relationship? Why do we, why do we seek that out so desperately? And from my perspective, I don't want to, you know, put men under the bus, but it seems like a lot of men, including myself, aren't ready to be in relationships and we just ignore the fact or we don't care or we have no idea what it means to be ready to be in a relationship and we do it anyway. So what is it about us that makes us desire it so desperately? I mean, I've been there too. Uh, so I can definitely relate this, this urgency. And it comes from many different things. It could be family, pressure from your family. It could be trying to fill a hole, feeling left out. Your friends have relationships and you would want to be the one guy that's always parting. You know, you, do you ever have, do you have that like old uncle who like still goes out in clubs? It's like, oh, is that, that guy? He's like, I don't have not an uncle, but I do have men in my life who are, who are still out there trying <laughs> to chase girls. <laughs> I mean, nothing wrong with that. Everyone has their place in their life, but. Um, yeah, so in terms of rushing into relationship, I think it comes down to not knowing or being clear on what you want. And I've been there, you know, I've, I've been in relationships where I just wanted to, to be honest, I just wanted to have sex. And I didn't know how to pick up chicks at clubs or bars. And so if a girl was like, I like you, will you be my boyfriend? I'm like, if that means sex, yeah. <laughs> so, and I would just get hooked into a relationship, 100% my fault for any of the exes that are listening to this. I fucked up. But that was just me yeah, you did. rushing. Yeah, ru me rushing because I didn't know what I wanted. I wasn't clear that I even wanted a relationship. And I thought that it was just a means for me to feel complete or have sex and there's a companionship but other than that zero direction zero intention it just happened and so that lack of intention i think comes from a few different things but the big one is masks right we all you know we talk about masks in in our men's circles and for anyone listening that doesn't know what it is a mask is a metaphor for you know who you choose to be at any given moment that isn't your true self. It's just a way of protecting your ego, you know, a way of not being vulnerable. So you might have a mask that you wear at work in front of your boss or your colleagues. So like I have to be productive. I have to look like I know what I'm doing. You might have a mask with a woman you're hooking up with. Oh, I want to be the macho man, the girl that, the guy that you want to cheat on with, right? There's different masks. So the mask with your family. Oh, I'm the loving, you know, 
empathetic child that you raised me to be compassionate. Yeah. So we have all these masks in different places, but the question is most men don't know they have one on. They don't know which one they're wearing and they don't know the man behind the mask. And so the mask that I was wearing when I was younger was, um, you know, I need to have, I need to hook up with a lot of chicks, but I don't know how, so I'm going to be in a relationship to get that experience, which is really shitty. a really shitty context to be in. Um, but I just didn't know any better. Yeah. So that was, that was the reason for me rushing. And I think it's a lot of, a lot of men would relate to that, that you might not have an intention of, of, you know, that eventually you'll be married, but you don't know how to get there. And so if you have a, if you don't have an intention and you're just driven by addictions or traumas, like, Oh, I was bullied as a kid. So I need to be macho. I need to prove myself and have sex with as many women as possible. Or I need to get into a relationship because um, my parents always, you know, chased after me to be in a relationship. So I have to please them. Right. Those two examples, those two examples of masks, I don't think it serves men, but those are the things that they have on and they get into a relationship. And then they might feel this subconscious feeling of unfulfillment. Oh, why am I here? Like, I thought this is what I wanted. This is the mask I wore, the mask of macho-ness or the mask of pressure from my parents to get married, to be a relationship. Why do I feel unfulfilled? And again, I was there. I was in that relationship a few times. And it ended up me cheating on my girlfriend or my ex because I was too much of a pussy to break up with her to actually go out after what I really wanted, which at the time was to have sex with multiple women. And I thought variety. I could, yeah, variety. I thought I could get and that with a relationship, with obviously. Exactly. I thought I could get it with a, being with one woman, but it wasn't. It wasn't happening for me. I didn't have the intention to be in it for the long run. I just was fulfilling a hidden mask I didn't know I was wearing. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of directions we can take from you know that that conversation. I think the first thing that I need to do is just acknowledge you for honoring the truth um, and having the self awareness first of all to recognize in yourself where you're at in your life at the time when that happened, and then to do what you can today to not continue to put yourself in the position and hurt women as a result of not being upfront and honest with what you want. Um, so I want to acknowledge you for honoring the truth. It's part of our code of honor uh, on our men's team. So thank you for doing that. And I'll just tell you that obviously, clearly you are not the only one. Um, we can be jerks big time. And, you know, last, last year I was uh, seeing someone that I really cared about and I made a verbal commitment that I wouldn't have sex with anyone else while I was seeing her. It wasn't like serious. We weren't in a relationship. We were just dating casually, but I did say, Hey, I'm not going to have sex with anyone else. Uh, and I also, I also did that. I saw someone else and uh, that was pretty crushing for me at the time when I realized what I had done, that I had said I was going to do something. And then I did the opposite because I really cared about her. And, and so I was a total jerk. I told her what happened and obviously she couldn't trust me after that. But uh, it but really was just me not recognizing that who I am as a man is someone that wants variety mm -hmm. and there is nothing wrong with that. 
the challenge is, is when I misrepresent myself and I say, and I'm wearing this mask that, Hey, I'm this, I'm this great guy who would be a great boyfriend. And wouldn't it be awesome if we spend more time together and got to know each other and, and had a relationship when at, at the end of the day, what I wanted was I wanted to have fun. I wanted to have sex exactly. and uh, it's, you know, I, I, it, it still hurts knowing that she doesn't trust me because she's someone that I really care about. Yeah. And if, I know a lot of men, friends that, that have been in a similar situation where they have this story or an excuse. Oh, but she's great. Why would I break up with her? It's like, but bro, you're cheating on her. Like, or you, you, you're thinking about sleeping with other women and you're complaining behind her back that you want to, it's not working. It's not working out. So are you going to shut up and do something about your relationship? Or are you going to break up with her and actually own what you really want? And there's, you know, owning what you want, even though it's going to break someone's heart, is better than being out of honor and doing something stupid like cheating or breaking your word. Yeah, and at the end of the day, that's what it is about is honor, right? Your honor as a man. And I think I reached out to you a couple of weeks ago about uh, I was writing Circle Up book and I was doing the chapters on self-sufficiency, on becoming a self-sufficient, self-sufficient man. And then I stopped and I said, you know, this is actually better for a second book. And I just like, uh, you know, put it in a folder and I tagged it, honoring women, a jerk's guide to leaving women better than you found them. And the only way to leave a woman better than you found them is to be upfront and honest about your intent. And it, and it requires you to ask yourself the questions on what is my intent, first and foremost? What do I want, first and foremost? Am I somebody that is ready to be in a committed relationship and I want to go down that path? Or do I need to do work on myself? Do I need to continue to become successful, self-sufficient so I can put myself to to be in a place where being in a committed relationship makes sense. Exactly. That clarity is so important. Um, like I've said always that all we are is the intentions that we have being clear on what our intentions are and the choices and the actions that we choose to make sure we align with our intentions. And so whether your intention is to be in a committed relationship or have variety, sleep with a lot of women, whatever that is, date around, improve yourself, or just have pleasure for the sake of it, you have to be clear on what those intentions are because anything that's out of alignment with that is just going to make you feel like shit. You're going to ask or question yourself, you know, why am I achieving a certain level of success, but I just feel depressed. I don't feel excited. And that's because your choices and your actions are not aligned with your true intentions. So you have to be really clear on what those intentions are. I want to talk about the questions a man can ask himself to know if he's prepared to be in a committed relationship. Because again, leaving women better than you found them is if you're not ready to be in a committed relationship, don't go into one. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of uh, men in our men's circle who, you know, didn't find this work that we're doing and these conversations we're having until their forties, fifties, and sixties, when they were already 15 years into a marriage that wasn't working and were wondering why it wasn't working this whole time. And it's because right from the get go, they weren't prepared. They weren't qualified. Um, so I'd love to, to ask you about what kind of questions we can ask ourselves. But before that, I have one other question for you. How do we destigmatize casual fun dating because I think it's beneficial for men. I think it's beneficial for women. And I have never felt 
better about who I am as a man than when I've been upfront and honest with a woman and said, I really enjoy spending time with you. I'm super attracted to you. And I know right now I'm not ready to be in a committed relationship. So if you want to keep spending time, I would love to have fun and be casual. If you're open to that, does that work for you? I've never felt more in, I've never felt more connected to who I am as a man and in, in my own power than when I say that, because even when they say no, and they do, because it doesn't work for all women, they respect it. And then they expect that from men moving forward, because now they know what an honorable man looks like. So how can we, how, how do we destigmatize fun casual as it's a genuine place that some people are at in their lives, and it's okay to do that? Well, first off, if you're, if you're a man out there listening, and you have the courage to do what Jonathan has done, which is be upfront, then I think you're already in the right place of destigmatizing it. If you're in the place where you are still not, a, you still can't usher up the courage to be upfront like that, then what we're about to talk about is definitely for you. And it all comes down to context. Context is the minds that you have or the intention, like we talked about. Yeah. And when I chose to become single after my last breakup, I cheated. I said, I don't want to be like, I, this is not the person that I want to be in the world. How can I make sure I never fuck up like this again? And so I set out to challenge myself to do something I've never done at the age of, I don't know, 28 or 29, 28. I said I would be single for two years and go on a shitload of dates. And even though I, you know, I told you I'd always wanted to sleep around, but I'd never actually done it at 29. So, uh, yeah. My commitment was don't get into a relationship no matter how awesome the girl is because that's my default context. That's like easy for me to be in a relationship. So it'll be harder for me to actually be upfront and tell women I don't want to be in this. I'm not looking for something serious. I just I want a casual relationship. And so this comes down to the context because the context that was driving me was how can I become the best man that I can be for my future partner, my future wife? And so being in relationships with women wasn't about just hooking up, which is usually I think most men's drive. To me, it was how can I show up for this woman as powerfully as I can and make her feel loved or make her feel excited, uh, whatever the execution looks like. And then I can still be honest. It took me a few tries to be honest and upfront because I was so confronted. I was just like, oh man, if I tell her the me truth, too. she's going to think I'm a slut. She's going to think I'm like a, an asshole or a dick. And it took me a few tries. I couldn't say it. And I would just ghost mode. Right. Yeah. And eventually I got to the point where I'm like, hey, look, I'm, I'm not looking for anything. On the first or second date, I told them my story. Hey, I fucked up in my last relationship. I'm not looking for anything serious right now because I'm still figuring out myself, figuring out my life and myself. And, and when I finally figured out how to start saying that, oftentimes the women will be like, me too. <laughs> I'm like, oh, whew. okay, cool. All right, let's hook up. <laughs> and, it's, no, but, and, then it's, and then it's fun. Exactly. And then there's like, you just feel free. Like, oh, the truth has set me free. There's nothing to hide. Nothing to hide. No exactly. mask to wear. So yeah, it comes down to the context that I wasn't sure. I mean, you can choose your own context, but I could have chose, I just want to hook up, which is not as powerful for me. For me, it's like, how can I be 
not in an addicted state, but uh, an empowered state, which is mm. learning how to understand women's emotions, learning how to show up differently for different types of women, understanding what kind of qualities and behaviors I enjoy in women, because I'd only been with three prior relationships. So I really only knew the tip of the iceberg of what was possible in being with a woman in an intimate environment. So those are all things that I was figuring out how to be qualified for a long-term relationship. Got it. So it took a couple tries. And then when you were finally able to get the words out, it was liberating. And yeah, oftentimes like, you know, the woman that you're pursuing may or may not be interested in a committed relationship, but you don't know until you're upfront with what you want. You know, they may be open to it, and so if you show up and say, you know, I'm looking for a committed relationship, then they may be down for that. But if it's not what you, if not your intention, then uh, I think it's dishonorable. And I've, I've, it hurts so much last year when I was in that position that I realized that a term for myself of who I want to be as a man is somebody that's an honorable man and, and does what I say I'm going to do and, and is honest and upfront about what I want. And my life has only been better since then. So I appreciate you sharing that for the men listening that are still skeptical on if that's something that you can do in the world, call Johnny and I, we'll have a conversation about it. Um, you know, jump in on a couple circle up calls. We can discuss what being an honorable man looks like. That's what we want. Um, because you know who pays for it when you don't show up with your true intentions and you lie to women and you're dishonorable to women is every other man. That's huge. I mean, if you care about every other man, but <laughs> at the bare minimum, it also fucks you up. <laughs> sure does. Yeah, man, that spirit and that emotion, um, you know, it, whether you believe it or not, it takes a toll. Yeah. So thank you for shedding some light on that. I appreciate it. Um, any questions you would, you asked yourself before you said, okay, I'm going to start, you know, getting back into looking for something that's more committed not just having fun questions that we can ask ourselves. Yeah. I mean, I set that intention at the very beginning of the two years where I was dating a lot. The questions I asked myself is what areas do I need to be better in? So I don't fuck up like I did previously. Right. And so I had to identify what did I fuck up in the first place? And I fucked up. I'm not being vocal about my intentions. That's what fucked up the, you know, the last time I didn't have the balls to say, Hey, look, I'm not feeling this relationship anymore because my intention is I actually, I'm young. I'm, I, I still have, you know, a working dick. Can I, I want to, I want to use it. I mean, I'm being really sure. brutally honest here, but that's what I, I was the thinking. Listeners will appreciate it. <laughs> that's, you know, whatever your intentions are in hindsight, that's what mine was. Um, I wasn't just, I just didn't know how to be vocal about and honest, not only with my ex and with other people, but with myself. And we have this saying, everything, everything, everything mm -hmm. in our circles. So me not being able to be vocal about my, and being authentic about what I wanted, it wasn't just showing up in that relationship. It was showing up in my business. It was showing up in my family. It was showing in every aspect of my life. So being able to own that honesty and that authenticity with my intentions wasn't just going to impact my relationships. It was going to impact every aspect of my life. So that was the bit, that was the first one, identifying 
the, the biggest problem from my last relationship and who I was as a person and how I could learn through the relationships and through the dating, how I could overcome that and how it could be different. Another question I asked myself was, what kind of woman do I really want? So I looked at the qualities in my past relationships that I didn't like. Things like, sorry to my exes that are listening, things like neediness, you know, being dependent on me for things that I didn't think I could provide. Um, a certain level of financial independence. These are things that I had never experienced in a relationship. And I, so I knew that's something that I wanted in my next relationship. And another one was confidence. You know, I want a woman who is, just doesn't give a fuck about what anyone says, what anyone Hell thinks. Yeah. And that is like this, anyone, any women listening out there, that's just honestly the sexiest thing. Cause I've been with beautiful women and they have confidence issues. And it completely kills the vibe, not to their fault, but that's just, you know, it just doesn't resonate with me as much as someone who's lives to their fullest Absolutely. with whatever they have, even if they look ugly, but they're so full of confidence, right? It's just, there's something different about that type of person. Yeah, it's an aura. Yeah. Yeah. I've been on dates where I just like complaining about oneself through the whole thing just insecurity the entire date and it's just a, such a major turnoff like i don't want to have to reassure you that it's going to be like that it's okay because like, it is okay and you don't yeah. need to you don't need to bring it up or else i would i wouldn't be on this date with you and now exactly. i'm not going to be i'm not going to be on another date with you because you don't you don't let it just you don't just let yourself come through yeah but exactly. you're gonna get some hate mail after this <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, if, if there's women out there listening that like, you know, I have a shitty, I have shitty confidence, low self-esteem, trust me, you got to work on it. Cause that shit doesn't fly for anyone, whether you're a man or a woman, it's mm -hmm. sexy to be confident in your own skin, whether it's in the bedroom, whether it's at work, whether it's just hanging out, confident people just, they're more fun yeah. because it's infect, it's infectious. So whatever it takes to, to work on that part of yourself. And so, yeah, that's what I really wanted in a woman. Speaking of confidence, you got a badass girl, Johnny Lowe. I knew you were going to say that. Totally badass, man. <laughs> uh, I haven't met Karina before, but based off everything that I've seen and the conversations I know you two have and how she shows up in the world, from my perspective anyway, all the confidence in the world. How did you two meet? How did you know that you wanted to be in a relationship with her? Tell us a little bit about that. Cause you, you made that conscious decision. I'm looking for a relationship now. I've worked on these things. I know my intention. These are the things that I needed to work on. And I did. Now Karina shows up. Mm -hmm. uh, so we met on Tinder. That's how I met pretty hey. much 99% of the women that I've been on dates with. Cause I, like I said, I suck at picking up chicks at bars that I, that mask just sucks. <laughs> so i will lose even with those hats man oh yeah i only got this hat last year so mm. that's the reason bro the fedora only had the fedora dude yeah no, um, I'm, I'm working on my hair so i can pick up chicks when i'm in mexico <laughs> trying to get your style apparently it didn't help so maybe i'm going down the wrong path anyway so you, you met her you met her you met her yeah. on tinder yeah, so Tinder game is strong. I'm much better at the Tinder game, uh, which is a whole other story. But yeah, so that's how we met. First, 
girl that I went on a date with when I left Canada. And my intention in leaving Canada was finally going to like be an international traveler, go on dates with international women all around the world. Boom. Karina comes and super, wow. I super liked her and she didn't know how to use Tinder. So she like <laughs> back. It's like, what is this blue filter on the image? What does this mean? It's like, yes. It means I'm from Avatar, yo. Premium Tinder coming to the rescue. Anyways. Oh, uh, wow. That's so, that, there's a, there's a hack for you gents. <laughs> hey, I Lo got wasn't, in, Low wasn't screwing around there. I got grandfathered into the $8 per month plan. I think it's like something like 15 or 20 bucks before I quit that shit. Ouch. So yeah, we met um, one on the first date and I was like, something about this girl is different than any other girl I've ever met. Um, and at first it was just a fling, right? You know, I'm going to leave in a week, but I have to see this girl as much as I can before I leave. And through, I think seven or eight days, I saw her five times. And by the fifth date, I was like, gotta lock this girl down. Cause I do not want any other man with her unless it's me. And wow. I have never, the other history about me is I've never asked a girl to be my girlfriend. My ex is cool for that. Bro. Always asked me first. <laughs> my girls have made exes have made the first move. And so this is the first time I'm like, she's not making the first move. I gotta, I gotta do something different here. <laughs> and so I asked and she wouldn't give me an answer because she thought I was just a fuck boy. And I kept pursuing her relentlessly, even though I wasn't in the country for another you month. You what you can't have. I know. And that's, that's the thing. She was like, how can she say no? How yeah. can she say no to me? What is this? And um, that's the confidence that I'm talking about. That like, mm -hmm. you don't need jack shit from me. And that's what's so sexy about you. And, and it's, a, it's such a beautiful you know, marriage of yin and yang, like she, she is self-sufficient and independent. And now you're self-sufficient and you're independent. And if you like each other and there's attraction and you have compatibility, then it actually makes sense to be in that relationship. Nobody is filling the void that anybody else is missing. Yeah, totally. And that's something that I, it's, in my experience, it's really hard to find that we always hear this codependency term being thrown around in relationships, which is a very toxic behavior where like, I'm with you because you make me feel good about myself. That's codependency. That's toxic. When you're relying on your partner to make you happy or feel a certain positive vibe, right? That's a lot of weight for anyone to carry. It's for you to have that expectation of anyone, let alone your partner. It's going to really stress out your partner, stress out yourself. And it's a, it's a slippery slope. And so to be able to find someone that didn't need anything from me and I didn't need anything from her and we just are in the presence of each other because we make each other feel great, not because we need it, but because it happens. That's, that's what made me realize that there's something special was going on. And I think there is something special going on and I wish for anybody listening that they're able to find that. I hope for that for myself. I've said that to Karina before that what you two have is something that I, you know, I look, I look forward to when I'm ready one day and um, tell me about what makes the relationship work. Cause God damn, it must be hard to have been, been away from each other for eight months. Like I see you posting on your one minute wisdom about, you know, virtual sex and trying to make that work and, and just like trying to spice things up because it's, mm. you know, 
it's, it must be challenging. So how have you been able to make this thing work? Why do you keep, why do you still want it to work? Can you talk to me a little bit about that for those that are in a committed relationship? Yes. I wouldn't say that everyone's in a long distance relationship for eight months. I haven't seen her since January when I left Malaysia and the backstory is it was supposed to be a two month trip to Canada. And then the lockdown happens two weeks before I was supposed to fly back. Damn. And I had to cancel my flight. And now it's been, you know, six months since that cancellation. So a total of nine months. So what we've done to, and this applies even if you're not in a long distance relationship, if, you, if you're stuck in the same house as your partner for the past nine months, equally hard, I can imagine. Um, but the idea is, I knew I wanted to be with her for the rest of my life. It's a shitty situation. How can I make the most of this? So insert your situation, your shitty situation into the blank. What's your shitty situation? And if your intention is clear that you want to spend the rest of your life with this person, well, what are you going to do about it? In my case, um, what it turned into was we can only have phone calls. At the time, we never did video calls, surprisingly, for the first like six months. And so if, we, if I could only hear her voice, we have to get better at communicating. What else do you have? Um, she's not the biggest texter. So if all I can have is her voice, then how can I make the most of that? And so our, our relationship was always premised on recreational uh, companionship and compatibility. Yeah, you go out, have experiences, have dinner. Yeah, and I think a lot of couples fall into that, but then we didn't have the emotional and the, and the intellectual compatibility for the first two years of our relationship. Uh, and we were also long distance, but so the one week we saw each other a month, sex and recreation, sex and recreation. <laughs> so we connected really well in that, that worked. And that's totally fine too. But that's but a point where you can only hear her voice, it has to be more than that. And so it became intellectual, emotional. And we, we started talking more deeply about subjects that really mattered to us. And for her, it was um, relationship topics, how to be, a better boyfriend, how to be a better bo uh, girlfriend. And it wasn't necessarily direct. There might be like, you might hear, share stories from friends about how their relationships are going. And we would talk about them almost as like a proxy, like, oh, if you were in that situation, what would you do? Yeah. And here's what I would do. And so we would talk about our future kind of through the metaphor of our friends' relationships. And then now it's gotten to the point where we can talk about, hey, uh, I don't have any ideas for my next one minute wisdom video. What do you think I should talk about Karina? And she'll throw me ideas and that will become the topic of our current week of calls. And that's why I have so much stuff to talk about on one minute wisdom videos because we're able to bounce those type of topics, topics around. And I never knew I could talk about with her about that stuff with her in the first two years. Right. I was always drawing blanks because I didn't know that she was that type of person and only through the pandemic did it accelerate that type of relationship. So that's what we've been doing for the past, I think five months, getting deeper into those types of conversations. And that came from the intent that we have to do something about this shitty situation or else obviously it's not gonna work. How do you keep, what, is, what do you have to do Johnny Lowe to keep um, a badass girl like Karina from you know, just going to meet somebody locally because she's not going to see, you know, she hasn't been able to see you for so long. Like, I'm just thinking about a man that's married to his wife or a man that has a girlfriend and they're, they're living together and, you know, he may or may not be doing the, the things that would make his woman happy. So how, how do you, 
make sure she's happy in the relationship? What do women really want? And how can we make sure that the men in our circle are giving that to their women so that they're happy and successful in these relationships? There's two things you can do, and both are related. So the baseline is if you are not in the best shape with your relationship, with your girlfriend, your partner, and you fight a lot, the first thing that you can do is start listening. And when I say listening, I don't just mean shut up and say nothing. Listening is the first step to empathy. And what empathy means is not only listening without coming up with responses in the back of your head, ready to respond back and say, oh, but, but what about this? But why don't you do this? Like, shut up, don't say that. And beyond the next step of that is how can you actually understand the emotions? It's kind of like the storytelling at the beginning of the conversation. Your woman is telling you a story. She doesn't want your fixing. She doesn't want your solution. She wants you to understand how she feels. And if you're tangible or tactical like me, what you can do as an action is that sucks. If she's telling you a shitty story of my, my work coworker did this to me, all she wants to hear is, babe, that, that really sucks. And you can just shut up again and let her talk about it, right? That's, frust- that's frustrating. That's frustrating. That I know how you feel. Like you might think this is trivial things to say, but that's actually what women want to hear, that you understand. And like there's the saying it and there's actually and there's being, being present. Connect, being present, being actually able to feel what she's feeling, right? When you can get to that level, women are the most socially and emotionally intelligent creatures on the planet, hundreds of times more than men. And she can sense when you're being insincere or inauthentic. So when no, you no. say it, you better mean it because <laughs> she can sense when you're not authentic about what you're saying. No doubt. Why is it so important that men are good listeners in the relationship? Because Steve Richmond came on the show and he talked about listening as a fundamental, important part of a relationship. And we need to keep hammering at home for men that your women need you to listen to them. Why is that so important? It's important because that is the gateway to your woman's heart. That the listening, the deeper level of listening, which is just not talking, right? That's very surface level. The deeper level of listening, like I said, is the empathy. And the empathy is what creates the trust. The trust is what creates the intimacy and the bond, right? You need trust, you need intimacy, and then from those two things, you create a bond with your partner, right? You can't get to bond without those prior two things. And if you're not bonding with your partner, then what do you have? You don't have a relationship. You just have a friend that you have sex with and you fight a lot, right? But if you can get nobody's beyond- Nobody's happy. <laughs> nobody's happy. What the, you might as well just sleep around and break up or something. Um, if you're not happy, she's not happy, why are you there, right? Your goal is to create that bond with your partner. She wants that as much as you, right? Or she wants it more than you because you probably want sex. So, but sex is better when there's a bond too. Sure. So women want the bond with their partners and you can only get that through the first step, which is listening, shutting up, empathy, trust, bond. You hit it here on the Circle Up podcast. 
Mr. Johnny Lowe, I really appreciate the words of wisdom. And because I know we're going to do many, many more podcasts together, I will save a lot of my questions for future episodes. I believe you have a dinner to attend. And so I'm going to let you uh, scoot out of here. I do want to finish off on one final note. Actually, before that, is there anything else that you want to say about fun, casual relationships, about committed relationships, about finding out if you're qualified to be in a relationship before I ask you the final question? Yeah, for, for everyone listening that's gotten value, I think the biggest takeaway is the intention. Whether or not you're, whether you're in a casual relationship or just trying to date a lot of women, having fun, or you're looking to be in a long-term relationship or are, you have to be clear about your intentions. Without you know, if you actually have the awareness of what your past traumas are or the, the blind spots, right? If you truly know who you are as a man and know what your intentions are, you have to be clear about them, not just to yourself, but mutually with the partner or the women that you're with. Because nothing is more empowering for both parties than that authenticity in that, that upfront. Yes. Yeah, she has a right to refuse to be in a relationship with you if you're not actually looking for a committed relationship. And she also has the right to say yes to having fun and being casual if it's not something she's looking for. Mm -hmm. So totally exactly. res respect that and admire how you show up with Karina in your relationship. And I want to acknowledge you again for learning from the past, having a big heart and having the self-awareness to know that you fucked up because you did. And I only know that to be true and can feel confident saying that because I fucked up many, many times and I, I'm working diligently on, on not showing up that way uh, because it's not the man that, I that I've always wanted to be. And I, I refuse to continue to lie and to be dishonorable. So thanks for being an example of how to do it right. Appreciate you being on the show. The last question I've got for you, man, is a James Clear quote that you just posted on your Instagram because you're always learning, you're always growing. And it really inspired me because you, especially on our last podcast, we talked about disciplines, habits, rituals, routines. James Clear, you posted a quote. It's from the, the book um, Atomic Habits. And he said, if you want to do a new positive habit or remove a habit that doesn't work in your life, the easiest way to do it is to just join a community where that behavior is the normal. It's expected. Everyone's doing it. And you will find that by participating in that community, your life will just automatically transition in that way. Mm -hmm. How, what do you think about that quote? How have you used that to your personal benefit and how can our listeners start to develop the habits and routines they want or get rid of the addictions and barriers that are holding them back using that idea? Mm. Well, you are the sum of the closest five people you spend most of your time with. Whether you like it or not, that's, whether you believe it or not, that's how it is. And yeah, if you can surround yourself with people that inspire you uh, and that push you to be the best version of yourself, you cannot go wrong. You will be successful no matter what. So if you're not choosing your friends wisely, and they're not choosing wisely either, you're just lacking a lot of intention in your life. So do you wanna be the person with intention and power, or do you wanna be the victim that's always complaining about why they ended up where they did today? How did I get here? 
<laughs> that's how you got there not being intentional and uh thank you for that thanks for sharing like I, as an example like i had ian right before this podcast just bust in my room he didn't have a shirt on because he just came back from the gym and he was like Zah! he was just flexing <laughs> on me and uh and it just you know it you know you know he's looking lean he's looking lean and i'm like dude you're doing you're putting in the work he's like yeah man i've been did intermittent fasting and then i did cardio and so you know i'm i'm working out ian's working out it's a good marriage we got right now going on nice nice hopefully it doesn't divorce you got, you got your your clear intention set that's so funny i had a conversation with my friend kiana the other day and i literally said the only thing worse than not being uh roommates with ian forever would be to be roommates with ian forever <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, we'll, we'll ride this, uh, we'll ride this ship as long as it works. And then when it doesn't, it's not fun anymore, then we'll, we'll stop. But until then we're, we're good influences on each other. And I think what a perfect way to wrap the bow on the show, because you and Karina are obviously positive influences on each other. And because she is one of those five that you spend the most time with, um, you're able to push each other, propel each other and make each other's lives better because you're in it. Totally. Always awesome to be on this show, Jonathan. Looking forward to the next uh, 47. Yeah, next. yeah. <laughs> J squared, bro. Here we go. Okay, cool. Thank you for the time. Thanks for your commitment to uh, growth, personal development, and circle up. I'm going to ask you about some circle up questions on the next one for sure. Until next time, my friend. Peace out.